Marketing doesn't have to feel like a hamster wheel when you focus on channels that gain value over time. Marketing can sometimes feel like this persisting task where you have to keep making the videos, keep sending the emails, keep doing the work over and over and over again. It's kind of like pedaling a bike where yes, it's taking you someplace, you're moving forward, but it's a lot of work. And if you ever stop the pedals, then the bike loses its speed very quickly and you stop moving forward in your business. Marketing can sometimes feel like that and it doesn't mean those activities aren't well worth the ride. However, sometimes it is extra nice to focus on marketing channels that gain value, that appreciate in value, that increase in value over time. So today we talk about 10 marketing channels that improve with time like a fine aged wine. Welcome to This Week in Marketing. My name is Jason Pantana. I'm your host, and I am so glad you've tuned in. If you're new to the channel, please make sure to hit that big red subscribe button. And there is a bell icon adjacent to it that if you tap that, it turns on notifications. So whenever new episodes like this one here, part of our podcast, This Week in Marketing, whenever new episodes get published, you get notified, and therefore you're the first to take action on the different marketing strategies because this show is designed to be strategic and actionable. So without further ado, let's dive into our topic, 10 marketing channels that gain value over time, organically, all by themselves. Sounds pretty good, right? Now, before I dive into the list of these 10 marketing channels, a couple of housekeeping items for us to address. One, this is in no specific order. This is 10 marketing channels that gain value over time. No one is more important or less important than the other. I leave it up to you to decide what makes the most sense in your business. Second, this isn't to say that marketing that doesn't have this evergreen quality about it is bad marketing. Not at all. There is some marketing where that's the necessity of it, like making videos and posting on social media, for instance, can feel like that and you certainly wouldn't want to not do that. However, sometimes it feels oh so good to focus on some marketing channels that are just getting better with time, just like you. Now, the first channel out of the gate is YouTube videos. YouTube is owned by Google. YouTube is not a social network. YouTube is a search engine. The dominant way folks on YouTube, users and viewers on YouTube discover new content is through that search bar. Whether it's on mobile or desktop, they search for specific topics. And so therein lies an opportunity for you to create videos that supply the demands based upon the searches of customers and your local marketplace. They go looking for this topic or that topic and you cover all those topics and therefore they find you based upon the subject matter you are providing on your YouTube channel. But the advantage of it being a search-driven platform is because once your videos start to rank, and then Google keeps ranking them and keeps ranking them. And if folks click the videos from the results page and then they watch the videos, that further confirms YouTube's idea to keep ranking that video. So the more they rank, the more they rank, the more they rank, the more they snowball. YouTube is a search engine, not a social network. And you can get away with long form because when somebody searches for content versus on Facebook or Instagram, it's a feed. And so whatever they show me in my feed, I'm gonna look at, but I didn't ask to go look for it. And therefore my attention span is probably more fleeting on a platform like Facebook or Instagram or TikTok because it isn't driven by search. But if I went looking for the content you provide, therein lies a higher, a greater intent to watch. And that's why on YouTube, you can get away with longer form content. And I don't even want to say get away with, you have the opportunity to leverage higher intent viewership with longer form content, which means the longer they watch, the more it's marketing you. 
Second on the list is customer reviews on various online platforms. My favorite, of course, is your Google business profile, but that doesn't exclude the importance of platforms like Yelp, for instance, like even LinkedIn recommendations, like your Facebook business page, maybe Zillow or Realtor.com. There are other platforms on which to get reviews, but my favorite is your Google business profile because it's attached to Google. And Google is the kingpin of all search activity of customers going to look for a business just like customers say your business is toward them. Now, this isn't to say that you don't have to keep getting reviews. Yes, you have to keep supplying new reviews. Platforms like Google will prioritize more recent reviews, but think of it like this. A five-star business with 100 reviews says twice as much about that business as a five-star business with 50 reviews. The more great glowing reviews you get, the more it says about your brand. You don't lose the power of all those reviews accumulating together and what they say about you online. If you aren't focused on getting reviews from your customers, you're missing literally a golden opportunity. Third on the list is a general term, SEO best practices. SEO, of course, means search engine optimization. This is a public service announcement to do an audit on your website through the lens of how Google sees your website. When a customer does a Google search looking for a business like yours in a market where you live, you wanna rank. And so when was the last time you explored some basic SEOs, the title of your homepage, the title of all your other pages, buying real estate, selling real estate, making sure you have the right pages, making sure you've done an assessment on the right keywords that would be consistent with what a consumer in your marketplace might be searching for so that Google, when that customer goes looking for a business like yours, thinks, oh, look right here, look at their page. When was the last time you poured over your website through the lenses of how Google sees it to spruce up your SEO? You know, it doesn't really matter the state of the market, fast markets, slow markets, up markets, down markets, strong markets, weak markets, no matter the market, one principle, one tenet remains true, that the market belongs to those who market. And if you find yourself in a position of looking to reevaluate and level up your marketing, then make sure to check out my course series called Marketing Pro. It's three online courses focused on digital marketing across Google through your SEO strategy, your email marketing strategy, and your social media video strategy. It's three courses in one container called Marketing Pro. Make sure to click the link in the description to learn more. Now, fourth on the list is piggybacking the SEO best practices, and it's specifically regarding your blogs. I've said this in many speeches before, that SEO is social media afterlife. I'm willing to bet you're making a lot of content. I'm willing to bet that content is involving a lot of video and cap writing and distributing content on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and all over the web as you should be. But the problem is that content is not evergreen on most of those platforms, the exception being YouTube. But your blog, SEO, is social media afterlife because just like YouTube, the way people find your blogs is they run searches for the topics your blogs address. So repurpose your content as a blog. That way, when customers search for a topic like what your blog, your content addresses, your blog ranks and they find you again and again and again and again. I repurpose my content as blog posts and I have several blogs. Several is an understatement. Uh, it's not every blog, but it's many of my blogs will pick up wind in the sales of SEO and they'll begin getting thousands of views per month, well, not views so much, they'll start ranking in the search results and get clicks and then by extension get views of visitors who are reading the blog posts all because I blogged the content. Content that was published perhaps years ago and it burned through the feeds of social media. It, it lived its day in the sun and then it was done for, but it lives on in perpetuity on your blog post. You should be repurposing your social media content as blog posts so they can bask in the evergreen qualities of SEO. 
Fifth on the list is podcast episodes. You should consider starting up a podcast for a couple of reasons. One, podcasts tend to be longer, and when folks watch or listen longer, it signifies greater intent, greater appetite for your message. This is good stuff. Two, podcasts are generally found on platforms that are much more search-based in terms of discovering content than feed-based. Feed versus search is a big deal. Scroll versus search is a big deal. Think about platforms like Spotify, like Stitcher, like SoundCloud, like your Apple podcast. Think about watching podcasts on platforms like YouTube, which by the way, you might've noticed, YouTube created a section on their platform for podcasts because, oh, I don't know, nobody watches podcasts anywhere else than YouTube and they weren't fully capitalized and they realized it. Once again, YouTube is a search engine. Most of the platforms on which folks listen to podcasts are search engines. Consider the last time you hopped in a car and you wanted to listen to something about a certain subject and so you went to your favorite podcasting app and you did a search, oh, I haven't listened to this before and you clicked it and you listened or watched it based upon whatever platform it was, you should consider a podcast. Sixth on the list is your email list. Now, emails are like pedaling the bike. You have to send that email campaign, and then another email campaign, and then another email campaign. There is a nature of, or an element of, the cyclical having to do it again and again process of email marketing. But the email list is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger over time so that each time you send that subsequent email, the list is larger, assuming they're not unsubscribing because you have a content problem. Think about your email list the way you think about reviews. The more reviews you get, the more it says about your brand over time. The larger your email list gets, the bigger your reach in terms of having an audience with whom you can have an impact and helping them make a choice to buy, sell, invest, refer, or consider doing business with you. If you're not leveraging your email list, if you're not focused on building the email list, that's the one to focus on. A lot of folks focus on getting more followers and stuff like that on various social media platforms. And that's all fine and well, but those followers can be very fleeting. They can slip through your fingertips with one algorithmic change, but your email list, that's far more concrete. That's the type of marketing channel that gains value the larger it gets. It's a network effect. So build it. Now, number seven, as I eat crow effectively, is your social media following. I would prefer the email list over everything else I've said, but your social media following is still something to be worth building. The more followers you gain, the more subscribers you gain, it's you building an audience. Now, if your content is not super locked into the niche and you're not attracting people who follow you because they're into your content and your content promotes your business, then you may have a little bit of a mix match in terms of your ability to wield that audience. That might sound like a really complex thought. I'm gonna try to say it in a simpler kind of way. Think about it like this. It used to be that on Instagram, if I posted, I was pretty confident my followers would see what I posted because they had chosen to follow me. And hopefully there wasn't a bunch of other accounts they were following, but really all I was up against was the other accounts they were following. Now the algorithms are much more like TikTok and they're interest-based. And so there's this wild card of, if I create content that is inconsistent, incongruent with what my page or channel is about, then you're running the risk that because this content is an outlier from what the channel or the page is generally about, it may not get shown to those followers because it doesn't align as far as interests are concerned. Again, that's still a complex thought, but that's social media algorithms. The point to be made is, Having a larger following is better than having a smaller following, but having a larger following with people who are connected to your content and your content is connected to your business, that's what really matters from a social media marketing standpoint. It's about building the right audience. Number eight is pre-recorded webinars. If you've been considering whether or not you should 
start a series on buyer webinars or seller focused webinars, I'm gonna make it really simple. The answer is yes, you should. We've been talking to our coaching clients a lot from a listing attraction standpoint about the power of seller seminars. You don't need a ton of people in the room. Anybody who is willing to sit through a seller seminar, specifically if it's in purpose, to learn the process and the steps involved in selling, that's a really high intent kind of opportunity and the conversion is likely gonna be paying you dividends. It doesn't take a huge crowd of people for that to be effective and the same is true when it comes to webinars. A lot of folks don't do webinars because they're concerned nobody's gonna be there. Honestly, that doesn't really matter. I mean, I want somebody to be there but only the right people to be there. It's not about getting thousands to attend your webinars. It's about getting a few who are really committed and interested in taking next steps. What's more, you can record your webinars and then make the replay available on demand and it can generate views over time and these can become effectively lead magnets. We have coaching clients who not only use webinars for buyer and seller purposes, but also for recruiting purposes, whereby if somebody wants to fill out an Indeed application, their next step is to watch the webinar and that will show whether or not they really have the desire to continue forward or if they're just kind of leading you along. It's sort of a, an acid test to determine if that prospect who is looking to be recruited to join the team is really in it or not. Webinars have a lot of stickiness. Number nine is online groups, specifically your Facebook groups or your LinkedIn groups, any sort of an online form, or it could be a Discord community even, but it's likely a Facebook group. These are unbelievably value. Yes, they require work, but once you get them to a critical mass with enough users, then user-generated content sets in and a lot of the pressure and burden of keeping the group alive starts to be reduced because the group cares for itself and it's more of a moderation aspect than it is a lifting it or pulling it along to keep it alive aspect of content creation. You ought to consider Facebook groups, maybe a geographic farm Facebook group, maybe a VIP Facebook group for your past clients or your sphere of influence contacts. Maybe it could be a small vendor or like a, a BNI styled agent to agent Facebook group. When was the last time you looked at Facebook groups? When you're thinking about Facebook from an organic standpoint, all the action is in the groups. Facebook is groups. In the same way that Instagram, all the fun is happening in the DMs, all the fun is happening in the groups inside of Facebook. So maybe think twice or three times or four times or 10 times about Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups or any other online group because communities are cash cows. And finally, our 10th on the list of marketing channels that like a fine aged wine improve with time is optimized ads. Now this one's a little bit more technical. However, consider this. There are ads that can be run on Facebook and Instagram, i.e. meta ads, or maybe TikTok ads, or LinkedIn ads, or Google ads, or YouTube ads. I'm really discussing any kind of an online paid ad in this particular setting. And what we know is true is the longer an ad runs, you give their AI, you give the algorithm more time to figure out what to do with it. Now, yes, an ad that runs for a long time can also run up against ad fatigue if you wear somebody out, but generally, these AIs and these algorithms behind these paid media platforms like Meta are getting smarter and smarter and smarter in terms of optimizing delivery and the timing of that delivery of your ads. When you have ad campaigns that can run for an extended period of time, they get smarter, they get a better cost per result, and they improve over time, generally speaking. So what kind of ads would be suitable for that? Well, it could be some lead generation campaigns. Maybe you have a downloadable PDF, or you have maybe it's access to a special webinar recording like we talked about before. These could serve as long running ads, or maybe it's an offer to get someone to opt into your email list. In fact, we've had coaching clients 
who run straight up offers on meta ads designed to get you to opt in or subscribe to their email newsletter. It's a weekly real estate lifestyle focused newsletter and folks sign up. And what was most interesting was the longer that ad ran where it targeted that geographic area where the agent was doing business, the better it got. It started getting more opt-ins at a lower cost per result. In fact, they were getting email addresses for under $2.50, which is a pretty darn good opt-in rate. If you wanna have a bigger email list because you wanna be able to make your offers to a larger audience that's engaged, connected to what you're doing in your local marketplace, then you need to get email addresses. And maybe if you ran a long-term ad, allowing that AI, that algorithm to optimize the performance of that ad over time, it could help you build your email list. I don't know, just maybe. There you have it, 10 marketing channels that gain value over time, and I'm guessing there are others I left out. What are other marketing channels that you would say, hey, this gains value. The more I do it, the longer it runs, the more it goes, the better it gets, like a fine-aged wine. Tell us in the comments, and make sure you check the comments before you go, because others might have given some really good nuggets in those comments you don't wanna miss. Until next week, this is This Week in Marketing.